Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. There is a term that I do not like. A term that is used a lot by a lot of different people that I really do not like. That term is self-hating Jew. I, I can't stand the term. I, I can't I can't fathom that there are Jews that are self-hating, that Jews just hate themselves. Nobody actually hates themselves. That's that's a misnomer. And to say that Jews, that there's Jews out there that hate themselves seems a little ridiculous to me. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You could feel free to call in and join in on the conversation. Number to call, 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. Self-hating Jew. So I, I was, I've been called a self-hating Jew on many different occasions. Uh, I did a show on the Radio Shalom, Montreal's all-Jewish radio station for 18 years. And during that uh, period that I was on Radio Shalom, I, um, I, I criticized the Jewish community as I do on this show. The show hasn't really much changed since I was there. Not, not much has changed in the content on the show. Sure, we've changed studios and, we've, uh, and we're only on True Talk Radio now, but, but the content's pretty much the same. I still criticize the Jewish community. I still hold them accountable for good things and bad things they do. As we should. We should hold the community accountable. We should hold people accountable for all the good and the bad they do. And I, I hope that people hold me accountable for the good and bad I do. That is, uh, that is fundamental to the philosophy of me doing shows and me continuing to do my, uh, to do, to do my thing here on, on True Talk Radio. So the idea that somebody is a self-hating Jew uh, is just repulsive to me. What does it mean? Where did it come from? What does it mean? Now, I'm not going to go into the origi- origins of, of the term self-hating. Uh, it, it's pretty self-explanatory what self-hating means. You see? You see what I did there? <laughs> anyway, we, um, so, so it's, pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory uh, what, what self-hating is. Uh, but is it true? Do Jews who stand with our enemies, Jews who, 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 who work actively against the Jewish people, are they really self-hating or are they just experiencing a, a lack of judgment or, or perhaps they're just expressing a different point of view, a different vantage point? Uh, and this, this is the struggle that we should have when we start labeling people self-hating. So, so I, 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 I tend to wonder, is self-hating the appropriate way to call Jews who stand against the Jewish people? Uh, years ago, I had a uh, I had a guest who was on the show, uh, and he was a, he was a frequent guest on the show. We used to spar all the time, and um, he he was a member of uh, of various organizations that stood with enemies of the Jewish people, and and he would stand he would stand and protest with these people against the state of Israel, against the Jewish people, and and he would do so proudly. And he he used to tell me, I have nothing against the Jewish people. I have only something against the policies of the state of Israel. So I, I stand and I protest against the state of Israel. Now, of course, the North American Jewish community has, um, 
have decided that Israel and Judaism are the same thing. They are not. Israel and Zionism are the same thing. They are not. There is a, there is a vast difference between Zionistic ideology, which is Jewish nationalism, and Judaism, they, they don't intertwine uh, too much. They are, they are completely separate from each other. Uh, but but people tend to conflate Israel and Zionism and Israel and, uh, and, 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 Ju- and Israel and Judaism, Zionism and Judaism. They, they tend to, to, to merge them together, which is very unfortunate. And so I, I hear a lot that people who stand against the state of Israel because they disagree with policy of the state of Israel, because they, uh, they, they have a, a fundamental religious opposition to the state of Israel, which, which exists within the Jewish confines of the Jewish community. Uh, that these people are self-hating Jews. Because you, you speak to them, they, they don't hate themselves, they love themselves, most people do. And they don't hate Judaism, they, they love Judaism. So, so how, how are they called self So what's making them self-hating? Because they stand against a, a philosophy or, a, uh, or, 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 or some kind of, um, some kind of uh, uh, an entity that you, that you don't stand against, that you support? Is that what makes them self-hating? Are they self-hating because they disagree with you, because you disagree with their political point of view? Does that make them self-hating? Or is it just a label that you put on them because you want to feel better about yourself, because you feel you're a supremacist? You're a supremacist. See, I'm labeling you now. That, That you're a supremacist and that your idea is supreme over everybody else's idea, and therefore anybody who doesn't agree with you is self-hating. Is that what it is? I tell you, I, I exposed uh, years ago, maybe a dozen years ago, I exposed child molestation in the in the ultra in the ultra well ultra orthodox in the orthodox community. There's no ultra orthodox, there's the orthodox community. Uh, child molestation, and and I did a series of shows, which exposed child molestation in the orthodox community. Now, uh, when I finished one of those episodes, which uh, which was pretty revealing in a certain community. I went out for pizza after the show, um, and and walking into the pizza parlor, I ordered my slice or a couple of slices of pizza that I was going to eat, and a member of the community I had just talked about on the radio maybe 20 minutes before was standing at the counter, and he heard my voice. He didn't know me, but he heard my voice, and he recognized my voice immediately, and he made a couple of phone calls. He, he walked away. He made a few phone calls. When I walked out of the restaurant with with my pizza and I was getting into my car, I was surrounded by members of this community yelling at me, you're a self-hating Jew. You are a self-hating Jew and we, we, we protest you. And they were banging on the car and they were blocking the car. I had to call the police. The police had to come and get rid of them. It, it, was, it was not a scary situation, but it was a very revealing situation. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't frightening. I wasn't frightened. I, I didn't fear for my life. But it was, it was revealing because using the term self-hating Jew, you're a self-hating Jew, you hate Hasidic people, uh, this has been thrown at me over and over and over again. Every time I expose some, some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, problem or every time I talk about some kind of problem that affects the Jewish community. And, and so I don't take it personal. I, I just don't care what people think about me, so I don't take it personal. But at the same time, it's revealing to me that the term is so subjective and it's so, so, so targeted that it's meant to hurt. That's what it is. It's created to hurt. It's created to, it's designed to hurt people. 
And so that's why we use it. So when someone calls somebody else a self-hating Jew, the intention isn't to describe the person. It's not to say, oh, that guy there, he really hates Jews. He's Jewish and he really hates Jews, so he must hate himself, so he's a self-hating Jew. That's not the purpose of using the term. The purpose of using the term is to hurt the person, is to say, I don't think that you're as good of a Jew as I am. And that is the purpose of using that term. And that's why, essentially why I hate the term. And I don't use it. I've never really called anybody a self-hating Jew. I've called people all sorts of other things, but I've never called anybody real, a self-hating Jew. And, and that's the reason why I've never called anybody a self-hating Jew. It's because I, the term is there to hurt somebody. And, and in political argument, you shouldn't be out to hurt your opponent. You should be out to crush their opinion. You should be out to crush their ideology. But you shouldn't be out there to hurt them. If, if you're taking personal attacks on people during a political argument, well, then you've lost the argument before you even started. So uh, using insults like self-hating Jew doesn't really work for me. So, so moving on. The, uh, the idea that, uh, that, that these kind of people exist, that self-hating Jews, people who, people who, um, who, who stand with our enemies, and, and they, if they stand with our enemies, then they must be our enemies. And it's generally true that the, uh, that the, that the people who stand with our enemies are our enemies. Uh, but, but is it? Is it? So let's talk about the Notori Carta. Years ago, I... Uh, I was called a Notori Carta member. One of uh, one of a member of my show uh, called me, uh, m- compared me to Notori Carta, and I got all upset and insulted, and I, I eliminated that person off the show. The sh- person never appeared on the show again. And it took me years, literally years, to understand why I got so upset that I threw somebody who was on the show for years off the show. Why did I do that? And and the answer I have and. It's, it's either legitimate or illegitimate. It doesn't. It's irrelevant to me whether you consider it legitimate or illegitimate. I I could talk to you, but if you want, you can call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call if you want to get it on the conversation. But the the idea that I threw him off the show, I was so upset by him comparing me to Tori Carta that I threw him off the show. Uh, just proved the point that to me at least that. Certain things are said just to hurt someone, to target somebody and hurt them. So by comparing me to Notori Carta, who at the time had just gone to a Holocaust denial conference in Iran and stood with the Iranian government that was calling for the destruction and the annihilation of the Jewish people of Israel, uh, just hit a nerve. It, it struck me hard. Like, how could you say that about me? Especially since you've been on my show for years, how could you say something like that about me? And that really upset me. And because it upset me so much, I, I fired the guy. I threw him off the show. Now, was that the appropriate reaction to, um, to, to, to the insult that he had given me? Probably not. Did I eventually apologize to the guy? I, I definitely did. Did the guy ever want to come back on the show again? Absolutely not. But that's, that's, that's beyond the point. The point is that when we, when we, we must be careful with the verbology we use, with the words we use. We tend to throw out words that, that don't make any sense in the context of the conversation we're having. We tend to throw out words that sometimes hurt us more than, than help us and sometimes hurt our cause more than it helps our cause. For instance, let's take a look at the word anti-Semitism. Now, we spoke about this a little bit last night, but I want to get a little deeper into this tonight. Uh, Anti-Semitism was a word that was coined to, to describe the hatred of the Jewish people 
and the destruction of Jewish people by the Nazis. This is this is where the word came from. And so I understand that calling someone an anti-Semite, at least years ago, calling someone an anti-Semite was a very strong statement. You are anti-Semite, this is anti-Semitic, and and was 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 the ultimate statement. Nobody wanted to be called it. It was like calling someone a racist. Nobody wanted to be called a racist either. So calling someone an anti-Semite or calling someone a racist was was the worst thing you could call somebody. Nobody wanted to be labeled an anti-Semite or a racist. But we've used the term so often. We've used the term so much that it has lost its power and it's lost its meaning. And everything is anti-Semitic. And, and there's many reasons on why we've used this term so much, many reasons on why we've watered down the term to a point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. And one of those reasons, and I pointed out often on the show, is that there are organizations that exist for the sole reason of uh, pointing out anti-Semitism and, and screaming about anti-Semitism so they can raise money for their organization that they're part of. They exist to find hatred and to uh, and to and to point out hatred and to count hatred and to and to tell people that you know that we are the most hated people in the world, like we need to be reminded all the time that we're the most hated people in the world. And so these organizations exist; they raise money based on how many people call us, how many people they call anti-Semitic, and so they call a lot of people anti-Semitic. That's fine. I mean, as long as we understand that this is what's happening, then it's okay. So just recently, just a couple of days ago, there was a, there were there was a vandalism attack on the Walt Whitman High School in uh, in in Maryland, and it was a spray paint attack called "Jews Are Not Welcome." Uh, so somebody spray painted on the Walt Whitman High School uh, sign, the sign in front of the high school: "Jews are not welcome." Now we could uh, we could say this is uh, this is the work of young kids and uh, you know they don't know what they're talking about. It's a high school, so they just painted you know Jews are not welcome. Who knows where they heard it from? Whatever. We could uh, we could blame it on uh, we could blame it on adults. We could blame it on white supremacists, which everyone seems to think are lurking around every corner. Oh, it must be the white supremacists. Or we could just be honest and say that you know American culture. Today's American culture and the woke left do not like the state of Israel and do not like Jews. And because they do not like the state of Israel and do not like Jews, that philosophy trickles down to the rest of society. And then we see young people echoing the philosophy of what they hear from their old people. Uh, that's generally what happens. The one generation teaches the next generation. No baby is born hating anybody. So that is a learned behavior. It's an acquired behavior. It is not... A, a, it is not a, a, an inherited behavior. It's not a behavior that comes through genealogy. It's not a, it's not, it doesn't come through DNA. It doesn't come through anything aside from taught. It's taught by the parents or taught by an adult to a child. And so you learn how to hate people. So if there is young people who are, who are scribbling on, their, uh, on, their, on the walls of their high school saying Jews are not welcome, that philosophy that they're, that, they're, that they're delivering comes from somewhere. It comes from somewhere. Somebody's taught them that. And unfortunately, more and more people are believing that Jews are not welcome. More and more people are buying into the philosophy that Jews are generally not welcome in North America anymore. 
It's a scary, sad, and dangerous philosophy, but it's a philosophy that exists. Now, uh, there's an article in the Jew- Jerusalem Post, and this is where I got this uh, the story from. There's an article in the Jerusalem Post. It's an opinion piece called Jews are not welcome. Anti-Semitism continues in every space possible. How can American Jews in particular use this moment of pain and fear as an opportunity for healing? It's by Gadi Ben Yehuda. And, and the interesting part of this post, I'm not going to read you the article. Uh, I'm not going to waste my time reading this article uh, to you or waste your time forcing you to listen to it. If you want to find it, you go to Jerusalem Post. It's there. Uh, the problem with this article is that the article itself is inherently anti-Jewish. And now, now I'm not saying it's anti-Jewish culture. It's very pro-Jewish culture. It's anti-Jewish religion. So we just, we just jumped into an entire different discussion now. How do we break up anti-religious people from anti-Jewish people? Or are Judaism, Judaism, Judaism? Now, many people have told me, look, Howie, you could be religious. I don't, I'm not going to be religious, and I don't care if you're religious. Uh, but I'm Jewish, and I'm proud to be Jewish, but uh, you know, I, I want to be Jewish without religion. Well, how does that happen? What is the what is being Jewish without religion? Uh, Judaism is a religion. We're, we're a nation, but we're also a religion. And one should go hand in hand. And it has for centuries gone hand in hand. So if you're, if you're Jewish culturally, then you're Jewish religiously. Uh, so so how much you follow religion is, is a personal choice. It's a choice that's between you and God. But the end result is that, you know, if you're Jewish, then you're part of the Jewish religion. You can't separate one from the other. Uh, somebody who says, I'm culturally Jewish, what, what does that mean and why would you want to be? What, what does it mean to be culturally Jewish? It doesn't make sense. Either you're Jewish or you're not Jewish. You, you can't choose to be half Jewish. You can't choose to be a quarter Jewish. Either you're pregnant or you're not pregnant. Which one are you? one 1292 is the number to call, one 1292 There are clear definitions for Jews. And to be part of the club, you have to believe in certain things. So if you don't believe in certain things, then you can't be part of the club. It, to me, it's black and white. And, and, you know, there's always gray areas in everything, and people always yell at me, Howie, you, you, you're, you, you can't judge people. I don't judge people. I'm just saying that uh, if you're a member of a gym and you come and you don't have a gym membership or membership card and you didn't pay your dues and you don't follow the rules of the gym, then you can't be part of the gym membership. <laughs> I, I don't understand why we accept that in, in, in gymnasiums. And if you, if you want to go to a movie, you have to buy a ticket and you have to follow the rules of the movie theater. You can't record the movie and you can't, uh, and, and you can't let your friends in unless they buy tickets. And you have to follow the code of conduct of the movie theater. And if you choose not to follow the code of conduct of the movie theater, then you can no longer be in the movie theater. I don't understand why we accept that kind of concept, why we accept those concepts from, from all of society except for religion. I, I don't understand why it's controversial to say if you don't believe in God and you claim to be an atheist and you actually say, I don't believe in God, and you, you, you're, you're, you're vocal about it, then you're no longer a Jew. I don't understand why it, wouldn't be, why it would be horrible to say that. It's impossible to be a Jewish atheist. The fundamental core belief of Judaism is monotheism, which is the belief in one God. If you remove yourself from that belief in one God, then you've removed yourself from Judaism. So, so I don't get, I, I just don't understand. And maybe you could call in and explain it to me. and We could have this discussion, but I don't understand why that would be a controversial statement. It shouldn't be. There, there's a criteria for being Jewish. 
The same way as the criteria for being in a gym or, or a criteria for being in a movie theater or a criteria for doing almost anything else in society. You want to vote? In most places, if you want to vote, you have to prove who you are. You have to show identification. You don't show identification, you can't vote. You want to go into a country, you have to have a passport. You don't have a passport, they don't want you into the country. There are rules for everything. So if you don't follow the rules, then why would you, how could you be part of the team? It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. Now, I'm not saying all of life has to be logical. I'm not saying that everything that we do has to have some kind of meaning and some kind of purpose or some kind of logical, uh, rational belief behind it. All I'm saying is that when we choose not to follow certain rules or not to believe in certain things, then we do eliminate. There are repercussions for every choice that we make. And in life, that's the way life works. There's repercussions for everything you do. Uh, your punishment for stealing a candy bar may not be as harsh as your punishment for stealing $10,000, but you're still going to get punished for stealing the candy bar. There's still some kind of repercussion for, for not following the rule. And uh, you could be banned from the store and you could, you, know, you could be no longer a member of the club if you don't follow the rules. So, so I don't understand why religion doesn't work the same way. Maybe you can explain it to me. one 669 1292 or just type into the chat box in your social media. If you're watching on social media, just type into the chat box and let's, let's talk about this. Let's understand. Uh, maybe, you could, maybe you could school me on this because I'm totally confused by this. Now, I, I don't often admit, admit my confusion, but I'm confused on why people get insulted by this. It seems pretty straightforward and pretty black and white to me. But perhaps I'm just delusional. That's, that's possible, too. Uh, I've been called delusional in the past, so perhaps my delusion has taken over. But this is what, it's, this is what makes sense to me. Uh, you know, I live in a pretty black and white world. Uh, in, in my world, uh, the way I view the world is pretty black and white. Now, of course, there's always a little bit of shades here, a little bit of shades there. But in general, either it's right or it's wrong. I don't believe in right wing and left wing. I believe in right and wrong. And, and you've heard me on the show. I've taken both sides and I've taken stances that, that are very conservative. And I've taken stances that are very liberal because I, I'm not guided by ideology, except for Jewish ideology. But I'm not guided by political ideology. I'm, I'm, I'm actually... I'm actually a thinker, and I, I like to look at a situation and do an evaluation and make my own mind up. I don't rely on people to tell me what I have to say and what I have to do. And when people do tell me what I have to say and what I have to do, it, 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 it irks me a little bit. It irks me a little bit because I, I like to evaluate the situation. I like to see exactly what's going on. I like to understand the entire scope of the situation before I take any action or before I make a comment on the situation. And, and when, when I'm judged because I made a comment on the situation, it kind, of, it kind of irks me a little bit. It doesn't upset me. I've been doing this way too long to be upset about it. But it kind of bothers me a little bit that you feel or, or somebody feels that their opinion or their point of view is more valid than my opinion or my point of view. I, I don't feel that way. When I express a point of view on the show, I do so forcefully and I do so uh, hopefully logically. If you're listening to the show, you may or may not consider what I say logical. That's fine. I mean, you have the right to, to, uh, to, to, to make a judgment call on whether or not you like or dislike what I say. That's fine. But I always have the lines open. I always open up the lines and I always say you could call in. Because if you really disagree with something I'm saying, if you really don't like uh, 
a, a portion of the show, then I'm always giving you the opportunity and I encourage you to pick up the phone and give me a call and we could discuss it. I, I don't have to be talking to myself all the time. I could be talking straight to you. I could be talking to you on the phone. And I could be doing that and, and defending my point of view while you defended yours or you present yours. And I'll always give you the time and the, uh, and the space on the show to present your point of view. And I've always been like that. And I've always, uh, I've always tried to present uh, various points of views. And I've always had open lines and asked people to call in. And, and I do that intentionally. I pay a lot of money for this line, for this uh, phone service that I have here at True Talk Radio. And, and the reason I pay that money is not because I feel that, uh, it's not because I feel that, you know, it just sounds better to say I have an open phone line. Uh, it would be much easier for me to record the show and and not do it live so that nobody could call in, just have it streamed by itself and recorded at my convenience. But I get on the, I get on the, I get into the studio and I get on live almost every night because I, I believe that's important to have a discussion with the community. It's important to talk to people. It's important to do live radio. When, when commercial radio is not doing live radio, it's, it's important to get on there and have something live. So people could be live and we could listen, we could talk, we could talk about current events, we could talk about things that are happening right now. And this is essentially why I do the show and why I, why I spend my time almost every night. For instance, uh, tonight we, we're going to finish off the show and then we'll, uh, we'll do the show again at midnight. We'll do Political Hitman at midnight, another live show that you could call into and we could uh, discuss other issues. Because that's the way it works. And I don't mind doing this. And I, don't get me wrong. I love doing this. But at the same time, at the same time, uh, I, I get the feedback. And, and sometimes they call me a self-hating Jew. Now, one of the biggest uh, times that I was called a self-hating Jew, one of, the, uh, one of the prime times that I was called a self-hating Jew, was when I took a stance against the, uh, against the glorification of, um, of, of Robashkin. Now, if you don't know the Robashkin story, you could, uh, you could look it up. Uh, but the glorification of Robashkin really bothered me. And it bothered me on many different levels. Uh, the, it, it didn't really matter to me if Robashkin was guilty or not guilty of the crimes he committed. It, he, he, he admitted to the crimes. He's, he was sentenced to an extremely harsh, probably too harsh jail sentence for the, for the crimes he was committed. He was, um, he was released. He was pardoned by President Trump. Um, but he was made into a folk hero. And that really bothered me. And I took a stand against that. I mean, there, there, there were rallies while he was, um, while he was being held. There were rallies that called for his, uh, that called him a saint. Uh, basically, saint is basically glorified him in Judaism. That, that, that said that he was being held as a political prisoner, which wasn't true. Uh, and and which, which, which basically, you know, there were, there were segments of the population that, uh, that were calling him a, 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 a religious icon. And it bothered me that a criminal could be elevated to that, that height. Now, uh, whether he was set up, he wasn't set up, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to make a judgment call on that. Uh, the only judgment call I made in the entire, in the entire event, which got me hundreds of calls on the show, uh, screaming at me and calling me, once again, a self-hating Jew or a Hasidic hater. These were two things that I was called. You, you hate Hasidim and you're a self-hating Jew. Neither one of them are true, but this is what I was called. Uh, the thing that bothered me was that 
we had a um, that that we had Gilad Shalit, who was a who was a actual prisoner of war for Hamas. He was being held captive by Hamas in a dungeon somewhere in Gaza. And the people protesting for a common criminal, a white-collar criminal, to be released from jail, calling him a prisoner of war and, 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 and having 24-hour prayer sessions for him, these same people did not say a word or pray at all for Gilad Shalit, who was not a Jewish boy who was being held captive, actually being held captive, by people who wanted to kill him. And that bothered me a lot. That, that's what bothered me the most about this case. Here we are glorifying a criminal. Here we are saying that, you know, that, that this man is, is an, unbelievable, uh, an unbelievable man. He's a role model for all our children, which he's not. And at the end of the day, a man who was actually in jeopardy of dying, actually in jeopardy of being murdered by his captors, was totally ignored. And when I asked a question, and I did ask a question during my series of shows that we did on the Rubashkin case, when I asked a question to people who were calling in and screaming at me, and I asked him, well, well, what about Gilad Shalit? Uh, he's Jewish. He, he fits all the criteria of, uh, of a prisoner of war. Should we not be fighting for him too? The answer I got was, well, Rubashkin hits a little closer to home. Which means that because Gilad Shalit wasn't a religious Jew, he wasn't worthy of getting his, of getting uh, the prayers and the and and the support of the religious Jewish community. Okay, at least they were being honest with me. But when I when I countered them and I asked them these questions, I was called a self-hating Jew, a Hasidic hater. I hate Hasidim. This is what this, the story was going on. It got so bad. And I can tell you this now. It got so bad that a girl I was dating broke off the, the uh, long-term relationship because she disagreed with my political stand on Gilachali. Uh, on uh, Rabashkin, sorry. You figure it out. I mean, it seems awfully ridiculous to me. one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So is talking like this make me a self-hating Jew? Is this what we refer to as self-hating Jews? Jews who who try to talk the um, who try who try to express the truth, try to try to express their opinions honestly, who sit and 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 discuss issues that concern the community, issues that the community uh, that the community might not want to talk about but should be talking about. Does that make me a self-hating Jew? A few years ago, there was a uh, there was a website called uh, failedmessiah.com. The man who wrote who wrote the website, the man who started and and, and maintained the website, uh, was a man named Schmeier Rosenberg, and he uh, he was out in New York. And he came onto my show years ago, and we spoke about the website and the controversy the website the website created. Now, failed messiah basically covered the seedy underbelly of the religious Jewish community. So, so all the crimes and all the disgusting stuff that some religious people do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break here for a second and say that people who commit crimes, even though they wear orthodox clothing, are not orthodox. You can't be orthodox and be a criminal. So, so people who who break who break the law and people who who commit these heinous crimes, 
such as child molestation and murder. These people are not orthodox. He can't be orthodox and, and be hurting people and being destroying lives. It doesn't work that way. So he, he exposed this stuff, rabbis and, 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 and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, he exposed this stuff on his website, Failed Messiah. And, and I featured him on one show, and, uh, and, and of course I was called a self-hating Jew. Now, he was bought out by, uh, by a group of Hasidic guys who didn't like the underbelly of Hasidic society being exposed on the internet, and they shut down the website. They just bought him out, just shut him down. And so, there you go. It's really disturbing to me that a news site, I'm going to call it a news site, it was a blogging site, uh, according to the Supreme Court of Canada, blogging sites are considered news sites. A news site... Uh, that was exposing many, 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 many crimes and and informing the community of these crimes that were being committed was not only blacklisted, but shut down. And that's generally what happens when people get up and, and speak about the community. They get blacklisted and shut down. Now, I've been lucky I have not been blacklisted by anybody and I haven't been shut down. And uh, I, well, it's going to be hard to shut down True Talk Radio. But I haven't been blacklisted by anybody. I've only lost one job over a show I had done. And um, and so so th- it's not too bad. Over 18 years, I lost one job over a show I had done. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not horrific. But at the end of the day, I shouldn't even have lost that job. Everyone's entitled to her opinion. If you disagree with my opinion... Well, that's fine. You have to. You're right. You have a right to disagree with my opinion. If we all agreed with each other, if everybody in the world agreed with each other, and we all had the same opinion, wouldn't the world be such a boring place? I, I think it would be a horrifically boring place if we all agreed with each other and we all had the exact same opinion. Wow, conformity is boring. Now, I'm not. I, I wouldn't call myself counterculture, but I would say that. Uh, but I would say that. I have opinions that aren't expressed by many Jews, at least not in Montreal. And that's fine with me. I am entitled to my opinion once again. How do you how do you how do you, how do you separate the guy from his opinion? You can't. We we're all the same, right? We all have our opinions and we're all entitled to them. But that doesn't make me a self-hating Jew. And that doesn't make me uh, an enemy of the Jewish people as Alvin Siegel called me. The late Alvin, the late Alvin Siegel, Zichron Lebrach. And it doesn't make me uh, a horrific person, as I was called uh, by one parent of a high school that I was fighting to keep Judaism in. And it doesn't make me a moron, as I was called by Shimon Perez. Just because I have a different opinion doesn't make me any of those things. Just makes me someone with a different opinion. All right, I'll be back at midnight for Political Hitman here on on Israel News Talk Radio. I'll also air here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'll be back at midnight, and I hope you could join me then. Until then, I'm Howie Silberger, and I'll see you later.